She's April. And she's Molly. And we are the Book Besties. I just want to fuck around and find out. He first spends time in the Grippy Socks place. He was going to get some angel sex. Fuck his mom. I called her gun control Karen in my notes. Oh, I have to do the outro. You're waiting on me. <laughs> Bye. Um, I want to give off a trigger warning for this episode before we do anything else. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. Today's novel, We Are the Lights, is about gun violence, mass shootings, suicide, mental health breaks, and more. Please skip this episode if any of these things can be triggering for you. While these things are handled with grace in this novel, we will be covering them in depth. So be be kind to yourself, besties. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to be excited that we're no longer in spooky season, and then you pick this motherfucking book. I mean, I didn't, November. in my defense, I didn't pick it for anything other than the cover. <laughs> and I saw it was the guy like that did Silver Linings. That because I do that all the time. And I picked it because the guy from Silver Lang's playbook does it. And I was just like, okay, he's like a seasoned author. So this can't be a terrible book. Right. This and can't it wasn't. be. I mean, and it wasn't. Uh, mm, so I, I don't know. I have feelings about it. Well, we're um, going to talk about it. Well, well, before we do that, um, I was getting ready for pod <laughs> dinosaurs. Nice. Dinosaurs. I was getting ready for pods um, and putting on my headphones, right? Mm -hmm. That millennial urge to pull the strands out like you were wearing a headband. Like, I can't not do it. Piper, so we went to Nikki Payne, right? How'd that go? Um, Great. Nikki's amazing. Fucking Nikki's amazing. You know that. She's amazing. She thanked me for coming. We're back on again. She thanked me for coming, you know, because my time is, you know. So important because I am such an important human being. On this I mean, you know the author struggle. Like that's yeah. her hustle. She's got to get people. Yeah, to yeah. So she thanked me. Um, but the reason I was talking of bringing that up is because Piper did her own hair for the event. Oh yeah, and she pulled two strands down and curled them, mm. and then a high pony, and then wrapped a hair around it. Is it back? Is that back? <laughs> I don't know. She did that. For um, for her chorus concert too, but she put it in a bun, and I was like, "Can we talk about this?" And she's like, "No, there's nothing to talk about. I'm leaving it like that." And I was like, "Got it. Okay, Piper, this is where you stand now. We're just got it, got it." But Nikki was great. Um, East City Books is a woman-owned small business in DC. They are spectacular. I told them we would be their podcast. If they yeah. need a podcast, I even offered my services. I was like, y'all need a, uh, uh, somebody to come in and talk to freaking authors. I'm your gal. If you don't have somebody to host an event, give me a ring. Yeah. I, 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 I live down the street. I would love to do a bookstore. I would we love to do a bookstore. Bookstores. We will be your gang. We don't, we don't mind being yeah. your people. We don't. Yeah. I would love to do that. We haven't done that before. We've done but, con now. Yeah. Um, but Ashley Herring Blake was like brilliant. She's mm-hmm. just, I didn't know she wrote YA. She oh, did she YA in middle grade before she wrote romance. She wrote romance on a whim because she was bored during the pandemic. 
Delilah Green was a pandemic book because she was bored. What? It's like when fucking Lynn Manuel Miranda wrote Hamilton during his freaking uh, um, writer's block. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not fair. There's just some people the talent just bleed out of. Yeah. And then there's me who is struggling to put a word on a page. No, you have a map. I do have a map. And I'm doing NaNoWriMo this month. Next, I know. So. I'm su- super, super excited. So you. Um, I've decided actually to just write the summary because this is that big book I'm planning and plotting out, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm putting it over 20 years. I'm going to focus on writing the summary in NaNoWriMo and just making sure all my finite details are just before I do anything. And so even though it's not really NaNoWriMo, it's NaNoWriMo. Does that make sense? I think you should, you know, do your summary and your plot, but I would write a few scenes too. Yeah. I want to see how far I can get. I want to make sure, but I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to rush this. This book is, this is, this is a smart book. Chessie wants to read it. So if Chessie wants to read it, it's mm-hmm. not a terrible idea. <laughs> right. I wonder if she's doing NaNoWriMo again this year. I don't she's know. I'll have to bug her. I'll have to ask her. Uh, so uh, Halloween costumes were fucking amazing, dude. Thank you. We were Monopoly pieces. You were Monopoly pieces. Um, Sammy was a shoe. And he was the cutest um, little kick ever. Cut out like the side view of a shoe. Mm-hmm. So like the back of the shoe was like yeah. under his tits and like the toe of the shoe was like towards I the know. ground. And then he had uh, laces in the front. It was so was cute. And there was an aglet on there. <laughs> so I was like, you know what these shoes are missing? Aglets. <laughs> and if you don't know what an aglet is, Molly Google will link below the Phineas and Ferb aglet song because <laughs> everybody can know it. Um, and so he was that, and James was the hat, but also like the Monopoly man. So we he was got, a silver little dude. It was adorable. Yeah. He got we got his jacket at DAV, mm-hmm. which is um, a thrift store that supports disabled vets. Oh, that's awesome! Um, and we tried so hard to find like a kid size uh, jacket, and we mm-hmm. couldn't find one. And I went to the women's section and bought him a small. Women's and it fit him like it was tailored for him. He's a big kid. Like he's tall. Somebody at church today said, Wasn't he like a whole head shorter a week ago? And I was like, That's what I think too. He's growing. You know what, Piper? And I was a thimble and Tom was the race car and he was in his electric wheelchair for it. So, you know what Piper said after you guys left in April, right? Mm -mm. She goes, That's the last time that boy's ever going to be shorter than me. It's true. It's true. <laughs> He's up to my shoulder now. I don't doubt I'm that. I'm 5'8". I don't doubt that. Um, I am done with Halloween. I mean, it's officially – trick-or-treating hasn't happened yet, but mm. the Bigses are done after last night. Like, I am mm. donezo. We mm. did trunk-or-treat for Piper's uh, ROTC. Yeah. And I went – all out, homie. Yeah, you saw the pictures. I yeah. went. It was all very out. cool. You're, I made it. You're being a little wibbly, wimely, t- wimey, timey, wimey, because it's November for our listeners. 
wibbly wobbly ooh space time continuum internet how about we talk about this week's book sure so this week's book is um we are the light by matthew quick matthew quick is the author of uh silver linings playbooks and several this is his sixth novel i believe his ninth novel something like that he's this is a library copy support local libraries. libraries always always um so how about a synopsis? Synopsis. Or a summary? Whichever. A brief sometimes, description in word form. Sometimes I write, I type in summary instead of synopsis in our notes because I can't remember how to spell synopsis. And I was like, fuck it. Summary. <laughs> oh, no. You know, spell check's my best friend. Dyslexia. Gang, gang, bitches. Yeah, I know it's bad when not even Google knows what I spelled wrong. They're like, I give up, bitch. Try again. Google's like, you want to try that again? Pick a different word. You don't know what you're talking about. All right. right, Go ahead. Majestic Pennsylvania is an idea. Nope. Nope, Majestic Pennsylvania is an idyllic Americana small town and recently has had a tragedy like no other. A troubled boy went and killed many of his fellow townspeople a few nights before Christmas at the Majestic Theater. The now the town is now praising Lucas Goodgame for his actions in the theater, but he personally is struggling. So he decides to write his young analyst, spelled J-U-N-G-I-A-N. It's pronounced young, like the word. It's young. But the audiobook narrator said young. Yeah, Young. because it's German. Mm. Like, wiser. Mm. J's are wise. Like, uh, 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 instead of Meister. Jaw. Yeah, Young. So his young analyst, Carl, who he has been, who he hasn't seen since before the tragedy. But after his session, suddenly stop making this stop. This makes things very difficult. For Lucas, this book is written in letter form to Carl as Lucas is trying to move forward in his life yeah. after the shooting. This includes taking care of his, the brother of the shooter, his wife's best friend moving in and well, much, much more. Mm-hmm. This book is complicated and deep and mm-hmm. I want to save the rest of the story for our conversation. So Good let's idea. just jump in, dig in, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is our first Matthew Quick novel. He is most famously known for Silver Linings Playbook, which was a full movie, which a full movie in event, which was eventually a full movie, and it was nominated for a bunch of awards. Jennifer Lawrence even won an Oscar for her part. Just mm-hmm. a long way of me asking, have you read him before? I have not. I did like the movie Silver Linings Playbook. I'll be honest; I don't think I realized it was a book, although that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All the best movies are made of books. The most but, complicated ones are. Um, but uh, I uh, I have never read him before. No. I haven't either. Mm-mm. Do you think you'll read him again? Probably not. Um, I spent the majority of this book going, oh my gosh, what the fuck, Molly? What right. the fuck? What did you pick? Why? What is going on? This book is so fucking weird. It is weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm not mad at its weirdness. Well, I did tell you, so I finished this one a little bit, maybe like a day or two before you finished it. And I had told you like the whole way I was like, oh, this book, this book, this book. Mm -hmm. And you would just like send me back laughing emojis or whatever. 
And then when the big plot twist happens, which I know we'll get into later, I I texted you back and was like, this book is actually starting to grow on me. Yeah. I hated it until then. And the twist doesn't come until, I don't know, two thirds of the book in. The twist is perfect. I think it's perfectly Mm -hmm. placed in here, but um, we'll jump into that. But he, he's, I mean, he's very seasoned author. He's, has a voice it's very like every novel is told in a broken man format right silver lining's playbook is about a guy that's just gone through a divorce this is about a man who's dealing with the loss of his wife every book of his is like talking about masculinity and talking through tragedy and talking the way and i find that interesting because we don't get a lot of those voices Mm -hmm. in fiction so well that's a lot of the jungian analysis Mm -hmm. so for those of you who don't know, Jung was a uh, psychiatrist, mm-hmm. um, doctor of psychiatry. And just like we have these other theorists about mental health, where you'll, you know, hear people throw those out there. Jung's theory was that um, it, it was a lot of breaking down toxic masculinity before that was even like a term Mm -hmm. it was like what it meant to be a man and being a man meant that you felt your feelings which you should absolutely um i just thought this was an interesting take on it um i really did not care about jungian analysis and like that's the whole fucking book and that's part of the reason why i didn't like it i just didn't know enough about it so i had to do Didn't a lot either. of googling and a lot of yeah. research on my own which i always do for pot anyway but like i felt like this time i was like oh, i don't care um i don't know he said he said phallic a lot in this book more than i wanted to <laughs> once is more than i want him to <laughs> phallic representation so many times and i don't even have a question about that which is kind of funny you know what's really funny to me right now is the way that we're talking about this episode, like, like our demeanor is totally different. Like, it's like an NPR podcast yes. episode. Today's episode is We Are the Light with Molly and April of the Book Besties. And I know it's like a heavy subject, and so I kind of get it. But like, I don't oh, know. I'm sure we're going to get into us. Well, don't worry. Wanna, don't guess. Wanna, we're still going to be us here. Don't I get too crazy. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this book is told in letter form. Yes. I'm sure we've seen this before. Really? I'm sure we've seen this before, but this felt different. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? I did not like it. So there's only one book that's written in letter form that I actually really like. Mm. And, um, that's The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, I was going like Diary of Anne Frank. (laughs) Oh, but those are diary entries. That's not the same thing. Right. But it is like a letter to herself. Okay. Um... I've never nope. read all of the Diary of Anne Frank, so I can't. I've never read all of it. I've read excerpts, but never all of it. What are you? What's the face? I am shocked. Why would you've that never shock read you? the whole thing? No. Why would that shock you? What I, do I like just, to read? You read everything, but you're just we. You're I you, do because last episode you were talking about how I don't read everything. I just feel like you are more well read when it comes to classics compared to me. You are you. Re- I really do. You, Pretty you, sure you, every one of my English professors would disagree with you. You read you, but your degree is just you. You're just deeper in your degree. You're deeper in the English language than I am. I just I'm surprised because I look at you as a much smarter person than me. And I don't, I don't know that that's true. Oh no. Fuck. Yeah, you are. Shut up. 
Just okay. shut up, friend. Shut up. Okay. Fucking shut up. You have a master's. Let's just fucking your your degree is literally research. So go fuck yourself. Okay. <laughs> uh, stop talking oh shit God. about me. <laughs> See, we would get to us eventually. But <laughs> no, I really do. Well, I think. Well, okay. Sorry, I'm gonna. So just, I just assume conversation there but right. we're totally off topic but, I, but no. i've never read all of it because i just i know what happens and i don't need to i oh well we know she dies we know it's heartbreaking we know she it's just it's I mean, devastating she didn't just die she died a few days before the camp is liberated like yeah. it's like fucking, fucking tragic, bullshit obviously. it's bullshit um, but i have seen the play production and mm-hmm. anyway okay so not the point back not to the point. this letter writing i loved right. perks being a wallflower um and that was a letter writing and mm-hmm. um, Perks Week and Wallflower has a big revelation, mental health revelation as well as like, just like this book. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I found that to be an interesting comparison, but I don't particularly like that kind of style. And um, I really, read, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I don't think I re- we read it for pod, but I read it for our book club. The, um, I don't know, the literary potato pie society, whatever, Guernsey, whatever the fuck that book is. I hated that one too, but that was also historical. Oh, we read that for, we read that for a book club, not pod. Yeah. Please Um, don't put that on pod. I won't. Um, But I checked out the book from the library because I wanted to know what the format was, like how the letters were formatted Mm -hmm. and they're just formatted like normal writing. Yeah, Going, it's there's no like um, there's no special signature. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing that makes it look different other than it starts with dear Carl, dear Carl, and um, you know, I mean, it's just not my favorite style of reading. I mean, I get that. It's just mm-hmm. I was just I don't know. I don't know. I like it. I like when authors take a chance and it works, and I feel like. This worked. You know what I mean? It didn't distract from the story. It didn't change. I just don't agree. It didn't change the way I consumed the story. I liked it. I just it. don't agree. That's I okay. Agree. I feel like you could have gotten the same story written as a novel in first person. Um, and I know you have a question about the unreliable na- narrator later. I think it would have been more of that mm. if it were written as a novel. And also, don't put on the front a novel when it's a collection of letters. It's not, I mean, it's... I don't know. I just don't like that style. Um, I don't it, know how in he In particular, would've... I did not like the style in this mm. case. I don't know how he would have dealt with the time gaps. Does that make sense? Because there is a lot of time gaps in here. But for... I think what he could have done... This book is only, it's less than 200 pages. You, you want to do what Twilight did? There's oh. a possibility. No, it's, sorry, it's 240 pages. So, But it's still pretty short. I mean, You just stare at a window for freaking four months? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> comparatively, the book that we read last week, oh, fucking uh, Wilder Wilder Girls. Girls, just look at these two side by side. Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry. I get you. you. Your point up a little bit. There you go. And now look at it compared to the book we're reading at the end of this month. Fourth Wing. Oh my goodness. Everybody and their brother has been on me to read that book. I mean, look like, at that, Molly. Yeah. That's 
it's half the book. I know. I feel like there was more that could have been filled out and it wouldn't have taken away from the story and you could still have the gaps. You could also still do the letters. He could still be writing to Carl and intermittently having the story told as like a novel. I think, okay, we'll talk about it when we get to the unreliable narrator part because we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Where are we? Okay. (laughs) What question are we on? Mm -hmm. You're like, you're in charge, Biggs. (laughs) Get it together, Biggs. (laughs) I'm trying really fucking hard. The setting of this book is post a massive tragedy. Yes. And we are living life through a single person's point of view. And while that person seems unwell, Mm -hmm. what did you think of our main character, Lurkus Goodgame? Could we put him in the unrelatable narrator category? So I don't think so because okay. i don't think a mental health crisis necessarily makes you unreliable when i think of an unreliable I narrator i think that it's somebody that's like falsely telling us things uh purposely to lying us, to the reader right to throw us off but lucas was not lying to us he was lying to himself mm-hmm. but we can get i feel like we can get unreliable narrator if okay katie talked about this two weeks ago two weeks ago did right he could have that in that book what is it a flicker in the dark in a flicker of the dark that main character could have had did Mm -hmm. and still been the voice of reason and still been the voice of the book and been unreliable narrator as still cognitive right and mentally ill right? right because that would have been an unreliable narrator because we would have been getting multiple personalities right i don't think he was unreliable i just think he was mentally ill and i don't i think yes he was definitely mentally ill and we do know that by the end but i also think um there's a there's a theory that we could pull apart a thread apart for this book Mm -hmm. we could interpret this book that he's not um just experiencing something that a mental ill person, mentally ill person would experience. What he is experiencing is the savior complex, the the helper complex. They talk a lot about um, uh, caregivers getting burned out. Um, His job before this book start, before this book starts is that he's a counselor at a high school. Yeah. So instead of, taking the time to handle his own mental health, which he was doing before Before, the trauma. He was seeing um, Carl Carl. uh, every week for his therapy sessions. Um, Instead of doing that, he's helping everybody else. I'm going to save the the person that murdered my wife. I'm going to save his brother. I'm going to bring this community back together. I'm going to, you know, hold everyone together with my bare hands Instead of focusing on the fact that I'm struggling. And what a um, masculine trait. Because my husband is that person. Mm-hmm. If something, let's take my spine, for example, when I had to have mm-hmm. that spinal surgery. Yeah. He didn't have his feelings about me deteriorating more mm-hmm. until almost a year later. Mm-hmm. He went into fix-it mode. Yeah, and then That's exactly what it is, Molly. He was in fix it mode. He was in fix it mode, right? Lucas was fixing fixing it. 
Yeah. And as Lucas and, and was because and because he had I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay. But because he has dissociated enough where he mm-hmm. is now envisioning that his wife is still alive in angel form, he doesn't need to worry about himself. He needs to worry about everybody else because they don't know. But no. he knows his wife yeah. is fine. And what's really upsetting and frustrating about this is like you can see him physically, Lucas taking pieces of himself out, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he is such Lucas is a likable character from the beginning. Mm-hmm. My heart feels for him. I'm warmed warm to him right away. My heart is breaking for him. It mm-hmm. is very apparent that this man needs a hug. <laughs> he mm-hmm. needs people to care about him. He needs the person he needs most is gone, yeah. right? And so he mm-hmm. just fakes it. Yeah. And it's just this book was just oh fucking devastating. Uh, the actor, did you have any more on that question? I'm sorry, before I moved on. Um, no, but I just thought of this, so I'm just going to say it now. I don't think the town rallied around, what was the boy's name? Uh, 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 hold on three seconds. Um. Three seconds. I have it right here. The, the brother? Yeah. Eli. I don't think the town rallied around Eli. They rallied around Lucas because they knew he was struggling. Right. And, and he, he was hero he was their savior right and since eli was the project and since mm-hmm. that was the only thing lucas would focus on they're like well mm-hmm. we got to take care of him and take care of him we got to take care of this lucas. yeah exactly and eventually they fell in love with the boy but it not in the way they thought they would you know mm-hmm. i just thought of another thing i wanted to That's talk okay. about so i'm just writing it down That's okay. the actor luke kirby did the audiobook and truly enjoyed his performance did you read the physical copy or did you listen to the audiobook I did the audiobook too. What did you think um, of Luke Kirby? Oh, I thought he did a great job. I think he embodied uh, Lucas well. Mm-hmm. He reminded me of, I know this isn't one of your favorite books, but he reminded me a lot of um, one of the main characters of Station Eleven. Mm. He, he kind actually, of reminded me of one of the audiobook narrators from Station Eleven. I haven't read it as an audiobook, so I don't know about that. But there, his, there's a character who dies at the beginning. He's mm-hmm. an actor, and he's kind of all of the threads tied together in mm-hmm. the story. Like he's the one that ties them all together. Right. Right. Um, I think his name was Arthur, and the, just the, the that, one that dies on stage and gives mm-hmm. the kid the 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 comic books mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the like I remember the story now. Yeah. Uh, like and like the comic book. He's like the father of the Messiah right. guy, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the same voice that I hear for that the, guy too. He's the um, he's the pivotal point in that book, right? He's mm-hmm. the he's, he's the, the common key. thread. He's the common. There's the word. Um, Lucas is slowly going mad, mm-hmm. or that is sure how it feels. Mm-hmm. As if it's at first, it's just Jill and his his and his best man friend, as he calls him, Isaiah, <laughs> looking after him. But looking after him, but the deeper into the book we get, we see more and more people starting to care and watch over him. Bob the cop, for example, Bobby the cop, for example, what did you think of this? Was he a good teacher? Was he a hero? Or do you think the town truly just loved him? So I think as we learn more about the story, like looking at it in retrospect, Mm -hmm. I realized that the town was looking after him because they knew he was very unwell. Yeah. 
and they were trying to keep him from Safe. hurting himself. Yeah. You know, because probably. Yeah. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, he was revered as a hero in this community. Um, he is the person that made, he, he killed the shooter. Like he, he made him shooter. stop. And um, I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more later, but um, I, I think that I think this town is a small town that experienced a tragedy. And so they're all going to rally around each other anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think with him, there's a sense that they need to protect him. Yeah. That because he's he- really unraveling and he needs to be protected. But I also think it's like Mr. Holland's opus he poured himself out into all these kids who are now adults and like, they want to pour back into him. Like Bobby, the cop. Right. Exactly. Bobby, the Bobby cop, the cop is- we get glimpses of the fact that he counseled Whoa. him as a high schooler. And look, and we learn, we find out there's a Christmas where he gets all these gifts for the angel wife. Right. Mm-hmm. And the angel wife tells him to give him to Joe. Mm-hmm. And then him and Jill get into this whole hubbub about it because there is the tickets for the Majestic, the season passes. And Jill, like, thinks it's a joke or, you know what I mean? She doesn't think it's funny or sweet. Mm -hmm. She's like, this is kind of gross. And he's like, what are you talking about? Darcy loved this. Why are you upset? Mm -hmm. And they get into it and he takes off. And he goes to wander because that's what this man does when he's freaking heartbroken. He wanders. Wanders a lot more than we actually know in this right. book because we keep finding out this right. isn't the first time that Bobby no. has taken him home. No. So he's Bobby finally picks him up because it's fucking Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Bobby picks him up and puts him in the cruiser and warms him up and starts to take him home. And then Lucas realizes Bobby's in his street clothes. Mm-hmm. Jill called him from home. Yep. But because Lucas looked after Bobby for so long. Mm-hmm. Bobby's like, I got to do it, man. I got to do it for Lucas. I got to do it for Mr. Goodson because Mr. Goodson took care of me when I was weak. And By the way, fantastic wordplay to have his name be Goodson. Yes. Yes. We we harp a lot about character names. And like last week when we were talking about buy it, what the fuck kind of name is that? This is the exact opposite. This is the exact opposite of Mm -hmm. Wilder Girls. Well, Wilder Girls felt unprepared metho- mm-hmm. like wild and sporadic every part of this book felt thought out every part of this book felt like he was laying traps and puzzle pieces it was last, last week i said something about how wilder girls reminded me of cats and yammer because of the bodies changing and all of that yeah. this book also reminds me of cats and yammer well actually i would say any of chezzy's books because they all have really good twists to them yeah um, but you realize at the end of a Chessy book that all along these pieces have been adding up. Mm-hmm. But with Cats and Yammer, the beginning of that book is so like bizarre. Yeah. And I'm like, what is this? And how that's did this happen? This book. Yeah. And then you get to the end and you're like, oh, yeah. That's, so, that's what this was. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike last week when it was just a fucking parasite that the CDC apparently couldn't find. Because global warming's bad, kids. We know. We fucking know. While in the theater, Lucas claims he watched the 16 fatally shot victims gain their angel wings and fly off to heaven. Except for his wife, Darcy, who he claims gained her wings and stayed. Uh 
It is the sealing of the majestic that helps him decompartmentalize what happens and what he did. And then eventually leads to his breakdown. Right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about him, him and the majestic as a physical building to start. Mm -hmm. Um, So he thinks old theater. It's this old classic theater. Right. That these two, this gay couple who were from the city came in and they rebuilt it and they just made it this beautiful like movie house, right? Where they show Mm -hmm. old movies, new movies. It's great. It's featured in the, it's a very special part of Majestic. Mm-hmm. This shooting definitely fucked that up for this town. Yeah. And when the shooting was going on and Lucas did what he did, which we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. And he looks up. He thinks he's seeing the souls of the people rising mm-hmm. out of the bodies. Mm-hmm. But what he's doing is his bo- mind is disassociating and he's just seeing the paintings. Yeah. And we get a full circle moment for that when he goes to present this movie, which we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. and he looks up to the ceiling and he loses his fucking mind and he just panics and sees mm-hmm. the angels again. Yeah. How, what did you think of this full circle moment and the angels and all of it? Talk to me. Well, this was the moment that I was like, okay, 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 okay. This book is growing on me. I, I, I kind of see what's going on now. I still didn't see the other twist, which I know we're going to talk about in a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, but I, the whole time, I thought it was quite strange that he, you know, had his dead wife in the angel. And at one point, it was their anniversary and he was going to get some angel sex and whatever. But that whole thing was weird. But then when you're like, oh, he rationalized this mm-hmm. as he was help- trying to get his wife to stop bleeding out. Yeah. She was already dead. She died with the, she, it's likely that she died as the first victim. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it was she was the first head. bullet fired yeah. um, from behind and that was the end of it. But I think he had a moment where he was looking up the why God moment. Yeah. He sees the angels and he lost it. He lost yeah. it completely. And yeah. so this was him rationalizing what happened. This is him saying, it's okay. Everybody's fine. They're all angels. It's fine. It's fine. They're not dead. They went yeah. to heaven. They're fine. Yeah. We're the ones. He's like, this is for like the first few chapters of him talking about the funerals and how it's just like a show. And he's like, this is just a show. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know why everybody's upset. They're fine. They're angels. Everybody's freaking out over nothing. Like, they're going to be okay. Like, it was really him. He was really, like, decompartmentalizing all that. The way he was processing it was just not normal. No. No. But grief is weird. Grief is so weird. It's so weird. And I feel like there's no right way to grieve you know they talk about the five stages of grief but a lot of people will tell you you'll go through all those stages but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's in order or that it's linear um and And i just i just feel like and those stages come out of nowhere too right i get still angry my aunt pam died when i was in my 20s i'm still mad Mm -hmm. i'm still angry i still hit anger sometimes it's like fuck she deserves to see this shit you know yeah, like, I mean, I still am grieving my grandmother who died yeah. in 2010. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom's mom just died a few months ago, and I still feel that heavy. Sam mm-hmm. came home from school a week ago and was like, I still really miss Nana. 
And I was just like, oh, Sammy Cakes. I was like, buddy, that's going to happen for a while. You might always miss her. You might have times when you're bigger mm. that you're saying, I wish my Nana were here because right. that's normal. Right? Well, there's moments in your lives where we go, you go to turn to that person, mm. right? Because mm. there's something funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, my God, the only person in the world that's going to comprehend this is you're not there because yeah. – and you and left. In terms of Lucas, his yeah. wife was really his entire world. I mean, he she had was the, the first kids person. That he, he had the yeah. kids he counseled and his wife. He didn't have any other family because they didn't have children. Um, nope. And uh, his mom is He's a piece pretty of awful. And actually, that's one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit more about, but it'll be, we can talk We're about gonna it. We're going to get to it at the end. But um, I just think, like, it makes sense that that he had to put a wall up. Yeah. He had to put a barrier between himself and his grief. Because was he doing it in a healthy manner? No. But in his defense, I mean, even though he was incredibly unwell, the letter writing started because he was trying to get help. Right. He knew he was broken. Right. He knew he needed help. He just didn't know how to fucking fix it. Right. And man, that takes a big person to go, shit, I'm broken. Mm. I didn't fucking fix myself. Right. But, and then he, <laughs> I don't want to give the spoiler away yet. So Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> In the book, we get Majestic the Town and the theater as characters. They are symbols mm -hmm. for so much that happened in this book. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the use of settings as characters? The Majestic is owned by Mark and Tony, who restored it. The move, the theater is playing It's a Wonderful Life during the massacre symbolism. Um, I don't know that I would agree with you that the town is a character. Okay. Because I, the okay. only I piece of the town that we get is the Majestic and um, Jill's. The people. When I say the town, I mean like the people, right? The people of the town. Okay, but I still feel like the, the people are just the people who were affected by, by the Majestic. The, yeah. I'll give um, you that. Okay. Um, but I do feel like the Majestic itself is a character. And, Absolutely. And in some ways, a literal character because the angels are his manifestation of what happened. Um, of Darcy. Oh, my God, Darcy. Oh, yeah. I skipped that question. Oops. Well, that's fine. We'll, we'll go back, back to it in a second. But um, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think it was that way. The, the Majestic was a character itself. But I don't know that I feel like the town, even the people, no. as a collective. The theater um, was. The theater was because it was the location of the massacre. But it was also the location of the reclaiming. It, mm. it, it, had, it was the plot point. It was a driving plot point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so my Darcy question. Darcy mm -hmm. the angel is a big plot point. What did you think of her and why she was there? We kind of discussed this already, yeah, I guess. I feel like we did. It's it's Lucas trying to justify it. Yeah, trying we to definitely make talked about feel this. Better. Um, yeah. But I also think... Do you have a question about Jill? I think so. If not, we'll get to it. I write, I'll write her down just in case. No, I just, I'll just say it here. I think part of the reason why Lucas was struggling so much is because of his attachment to Darcy being different than his attachment mm -hmm. to anyone else. And I don't just mean that as a wife, his mother caused him to have a significant amount of trauma Fuck in, his mom. in reference to his own body. 
he right. felt shame about his body when he was a teenager and he would get an erection, which he had no she, control over. She would, she would tease shame him. him. Yeah. yeah. That Call him called gross. him dirty and yeah. told him that he that that was filthy and shameful. That bitch. And so the first time that he and Jill, the only girlfriend he ever had, the first time that they go on a date, um, he gets an erection because they go to the beach. Yeah. He gets an erection seeing her in her bathing suit, and he's super embarrassed. And she pulls him into the water and it's like, "You should be enjoying your body, and you should be enjoying mine." And I think they that was Darcy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You said Jill. No, no, no. I haven't got to the Jill part yet. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure they have sex in like the water or something. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, which is like the very first time they've ever gone on a date. But yeah. Uh, so Darcy might have been a little fast, but it's all right. That's okay. Um, so was um, it. Yeah, Molly, but, but we love her anyways. <laughs> but uh, Lucas was not just in love with; he was infatuated with his wife. Yeah. Then you add in Jill, and I don't think Jill made the best decisions in this book. I understand why she moved in with him. Like, I feel like she was watching him, but when they go away for his anniversary and she comes into his hotel room and they have sex and then she's like, that was it's, Jill okay. Being- it's okay. We were just drunk, whatever. I that don't was think Jill that taking she care of it. Did- Jill definitely should have done that. She should not have done that. I think, don't think it was about her, b- them being drunk. I think that was about her, trying to deal with her own grief. And, and, oh, and she was missing and, her best friend. And what she, she was missing was really not, that's not how he needed to process grief. No. Some people sleep around as a way to process grief. That is not how he needed to process grief. Um, no. And I do think it's really weird that they end up getting engaged at the end of the book. To me, I, that's like, I don't know. It feels too fast for him to have never had a relationship outside of Darcy I, and now I honestly don't think honestly that man at the end of this book he's never going to be whole. Mm-mm. I don't think that man's ever going to be whole and I think Jill is his closest thing to having happiness and joy. But that's and not so, a good enough reason. For him he's, it has to be. It's not a good enough reason he's not whole. I just, and and if I do I understand his rationale and I don't know how to defend it. Does that make sense? I feel like she took advantage of him. That's okay. You can have those feelings. Good, because I do. Where was I? Oh, okay. No, question nine. We're not doing too bad. I mean, this is a deep book, so we got to really talk about it. I want to talk about the two boys in this novel that changed Lucas's life. Eli and his brother. The reason I'm saying his brother is because they don't mention Eli's brother's name really in this book. because they Because in real life, we don't make the tragedy about the shooter we make the tragedy about the victims because the people that suffer are more important than the person that did this does that make we sense goes we should do that we should be but it doesn't always happen um but after all the funerals an orange tent shoots up in lucas's backyard mm-hmm. it is the boy uh, it is the brother of the murderer mm-hmm. lucas decides to help the boy because his angel wife told him so mm-hmm as he helps him, they build a relationship and he learns about the, the boys like Eli and his brother's terrible childhood. Again, mm-hmm. does not mean it's okay to go shoot up a place. Mm-hmm. You can have shitty childhood all you want. Don't mm-hmm. fucking go kill a bunch of people. This relationship is one of convenience. Both needed to heal. But for Lucas, but till Lucas, mental health starts to fade. They work together on Eli's movie. I have a separate question about that and help him move forward in life. 
So let's talk about the complex relationship between Lucas and Eli and just all of this. So I actually think what's really going on here is Lucas and Eli and Eli's brother, who is the murderer. Mm -hmm. I think Lucas and Eli's brother's storylines are parallel. Yeah. So you've got terrible childhood that Lucas had where his Mm -hmm. mother belittled him. Oh, there's so much mirroring here. And made him feel terrible. The abuse. Yeah. Awful. And then Lucas's brother and Lucas where their mother belittled them and made them feel terrible, told them, he would drop lock them in closets, make them dress up, dress up as women when they were to embarrass them. Like Mm -hmm. all of that is parallel. So Lucas did with his awful childhood. What he did with it was use it to empower him to counsel other kids. What Eli's brother did with this, his childhood is murder people. And what Eli is doing with his terrible childhood is processing both a tragedy and the trauma of his childhood through art. So yeah. there's three separate ways to deal with this childhood. And I think that that's, that is actually the thing about this book that I found the most intriguing. Hmm. That you do have these three separate ways of dealing mm-hmm. with childhood trauma. It was really brilliant. It's very. I don't know that I would say brilliant. Because I didn't think the book was as brilliant as you did. But I, I do like think that that was an interesting um, way to tie the, the characters together. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the movie now. Okay. Eli's senior Sounded pro- terrible. The movie? Oh. <laughs> I, I thought it would have been hilarious, I think. Eli's senior project. It reminded me of Dawson's Creek. 100%. 100%. 100%. Eli's senior project is a monster movie. It is a symbol of all that Majestic has lost and how Lucas mm-hmm. is certain that it is. And Luke and... Lucas is certain it is a way for them to reclaim their lives. What did you think of this whole plot? Because, like, this is the main plot point, right? I don't think it's because Lucas thought it was a way to reclaim their lives. I think it was his way of saving that boy. Mm. He was going to save Eli. He was going to make Eli not be like his brother. And the way he was going to do it was heal his He was going to fix Eli any way possible. Right. He couldn't fail another kid. Right. And I'm sure that's how he felt. That's absolutely how he felt because we learned that he counseled Eli's brother too. Right. He counseled like all the kids in town. So yeah, I think there was some guilt associated with that. Besides the fact that mm, he killed the shooter. Yeah. um, Let's, let's talk about that. I don't know if I, I don't know where that is in my questions, but he did kill the shooter, right? Very Um, violently. He he smashed the boy's head head in with his own hands. And I mean, Molly, he didn't just smash his head in. Okay. To me, he kept hitting his head on the ground to the point where the cops had cleared and secured the scene and had to pull him off of the boy. Yeah. The boy was way dead and he he kept beating his head. And I texted you this when, when you finish it, I was like, I know that gun violence results in uh, like, I don't know. What is it? 18 people died in this book. Mm -hmm. 16, 18, something like that. Something like that. All those people died in this book. But to me, the violent death was that. Of the shooters. Of yeah, the shooter, absolutely. Of the way we killed him was so incredibly violent. And that is the sign of Lucas's rage, right? Mm-hmm. Lucas had just as much rage inside him as that boy. Yeah. But it didn't burble out till that boy took the only thing that man loved. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Ugh. 
exactly what happened. Okay. I so- think it's interesting. I'm sorry. I know you don't have a question about this, but I want to talk about this real quick. Go ahead. I think it's interesting that they have a survivor's group mm-hmm. and you see how different survivors deal with the tragedy. Yeah. And this happens in all the shootings that have happened in history or tragedies in general. There's always that one person who gets very vocal about political and political and what ended up happening is I don't know how much she believed in what she was saying versus how much she enjoyed it made her popular. Oh yeah. The woman that she ends up being the governor. I call her gun control Karen in my notes, but um, she was very much like art. Isn't going to fix this. Nothing is going to fix this except stricter gun laws. And she's she's a picture of financing the movie because she realizes, Oh, this is what the town actually wants. This is great press. This is Mm -hmm. great press. I'm I'm going to finance the movie because I need people to know that I was a part of it. Even though the whole time she was not a part of it. Yeah. She wanted Lucas to abandon the movie to be her like voice on the campaign trail. Right. It's awful. He, she was trying to buy him out. She that was, was trying to use a tragedy for her own, wild. her own game. You know what she reminded me of? Have you watched Ginny and Georgia? Mm-mm. Okay, so in Ginny and Georgia, mm-hmm. it's on Netflix. There is this woman in town who is just awful to Ginny, to the mom, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And she's judging her and she's just such a bitch. And she's constantly on their dick. And come to find out she has this tragic thing where her husband's terminally ill and he's dying. Mm -hmm. And it makes you like love, hate her. And that's the only thing I could picture was this character. I'll put it in the linky links so people can know what I'm talking about. I know she wasn't this old. I know, can't remember her name, but Gun Control Karen wasn't this old. But I kept picturing... um, Emily uh, Gilmore. Oh, yeah. Especially when we go into yeah. her house and she has the big picture yeah. monument of her husband. I was like, oh, oh that no. is 100% something Emily would do. Yeah. But I Are you not going to greet, you know, because she, very well, you know, where, very well, Emily would be like, you're not going to re- greet Richard? You're not going to say hello to your father? He's right there in front of you. Have you like, seen the, the Netflix A Year in the yeah. Life? Yeah. And yeah. she does do that. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, I think anyway. we already talked about this, but I'll read the question. At the premiere of the movie, Lucas finally has a breakdown, re-entering the building and being back where his wife dies, and he, spoilers, murdered the shooter with his bare hands. Oh, man. The people in his life rally around him. He first spends time in the Grippy Socks place, but once he returns home, they start man-sitting him. What did Mm -hmm. you think of the community rallying behind him? I mean, I feel like that it makes sense to me. They rallied behind him to help Eli now they're rallying behind him because they realize that they ignored this downward spiral mm-hmm. and they help him because he's still their hero right. he's still their savior he's still he's still Lucas Goodson mm-hmm. he's still fucking Lucas he's still hail the conquering hero right like I mean he was so connected to everybody in this family or everybody in this community like he counseled all the kids right because he's been there forever mm-hmm. he's he is he as much a part of majestic the, the daughter of his best man friends yeah like he counseled her who and didn't was, ever who tell- was so worried about him mm-hmm. so yeah. worried about him yeah so we've put this long enough off long enough we've got to talk about carl now it's time 
I didn't see it coming, Molly. I didn't either. But I want to say something before we get into the deep about Carl. I am really pissed at this book for one thing and one thing only. You stole my fucking joke. When I heard when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's Molly's joke. <laughs> I am so mad. And if you are an OG fan, you've heard this story before. But when I was in community college, when I was getting my basics knocked out, I was stuck in a group project in one of my psych classes with a fresh out of high school kid. And he introduced himself to me as Carl. Carl with a C. Mm. And after that, I knew I had to put that into a book until this man goes, Carl, Carl with a K. I spelled it right just for you. I was so mad. I was so mad. And I know, it, 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 I, I know it has nothing. So, okay, let's talk about the real reason we need to talk about Carl, because it's really important. We learn Carl loses his wife in the shooting. Yeah, we knew that. But what he we didn't on wife's funeral. He um. But what we did learn after is that um, Carl committed suicide, mm-hmm. and um, poor Lucas, who had been walking, finds him dangling through his front window, and Lucas breaks into his home and tries to break him down and save him, this but he is can't. When, this is when we find out. This is when we find out that Carl is gone. Um, Lucas dissociates for so long, he couldn't handle losing both. Mm -hmm. He truly had a mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. How do you think the author handled such a touchy subject? Death, Mm -hmm. mental health, and suicide, which I'm referring to, obviously. I think it was an interesting choice. Not just that Carl was dead the whole time. Like, it Mm -hmm. wasn't just that being the twist. The interesting choice being the man who was the union therapist analysis. The man who was... in in charge of in care of the mental health health killed himself because he couldn't even handle it he couldn't handle it he couldn't even handle it a man who knows and works in mental health and is secure in his mental health Mm -hmm. couldn't even handle it yep that's how fucked up this tragedy was yep i i feel like he he was there too like uh carl was at the majestic when the tragedy happened he just wasn't one of the people shot but he is a survivor of it and he i mean honestly molly i see a lot of plot twists a mile away and we read so much for pod and for personal enjoyment that we don't often get surprised anymore this and i went oh, shocked me fuck. Oh, i go fuck. i text you in all caps carl is dead i was like that is accurate Carl is dead. Oh my god. It I was, was really shocked. My heart dropped into my stomach mm-hmm. for Lucas. I was like, oh. That's why he had never written back. I just thought oh he was dealing with his own God. Grief. And like he keeps writing him. Mm-hmm. And and there's a family living in the house and he talks mm-hmm. about it's just and we thought the whole time the reason Bobby the cop tells him he's not allowed to hang out around the house anymore. Because he's upsetting Carl. He's upsetting Carl, but it's because Carl's dead and there's somebody else that lives there now. Like, you can't be showing up here, bruh. It's not okay. Oh, stranger danger. You know, you yeah. look like a psychopath. Right. Um, oh, gosh. 
I was really shocked. Okay. In the audiobook, it's in the 20s, the chapter, but it's in chapter 18 in the physical yeah, book for 18. this. Um, page 109, we hit three years la- three years and eight months later is where the end of the book starts, okay? Mm-hmm. This little, last little bit, the author wraps up all of the novel, giving up giving us somewhat of a happy ending. Lucas mm-hmm. is back. He has a new young therapist. He is still working on himself. His relationship with Jill has become more defined and things are kind of smoothing out. Life is not perfect, but they're okay. What did you think of this ending? Um, I still think it's weird that he does end up with Jill. I feel like that's just a cop out. I don't think he needed to end up with anybody, although it is three years later, so maybe mm-hmm. he has fallen in love with her in that point. Um, what I found to be really interesting was the ending where they were going to see Eli's final project for his mm. senior year of college for film school. Um, that he made a film about about Lucas. Yeah. And Lucas was convinced that he was going to look cray-cray in this. Okay, oh, so this yeah. was really falling apart. And instead it was a Oh, it's just me having a mental breakdown. It's cool. Right. Except instead it was a mental, it was a beautiful tribute to like this man who really saved him from his own circumstances mm-hmm. and who put his own mental to, health to the side for him. Right. And you have to also keep in perspective, he killed Eli's brother. Like he, I, and how do you get past that? Even though he murdered all those people, like that's still your brother. Which we didn't talk about this. And as those two are bonding and Eli and him are sitting on the floor, laying on the floor at one point in the book and Eli looks to him and he goes, no matter how much I ask, Mr. Goodson, please never tell me what happened in there. Yeah. It's like, and then he he, he literally, you can hear the boy saying without saying it. I know you killed my brother. Right. Just don't tell me you killed my brother. Well, everyone in the town knew how, knew he right. killed him. He just didn't want to know how. But no. I, what ended up happening is when he has his mental breakdown in the Majestic at the movie premiere, um, he tells us in the three years later part that he's certain that Eli knows how he killed his brother because he does end up like hitting the podium yeah. as if he were killing right. the brother or again. The boy again, yeah. yeah. And so I'm sure he did realize it. But I mean the image of Lucas doing that, it's so counter to the person that's known this whole book. Not the fact that he saved all those people. He definitely is time and time again in this book, a savior. Right. The fact that he did it so incredibly rage filled and violent. Um, it was shocking. It was the right. counter of everything we knew of Lucas. And who Lucas is. Mm-hmm. So for me, the brilliance of this book, the part of this book that I enjoyed, didn't happen until we were all the way here. Mm. It wasn't until we were towards the end where I was like, oh, okay, now all the pieces fit together. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I This is a solid four for me. Mm. This is a solid four for me. I gave it a three. Oh, really? And here's the truth, Molly. I really am a big fan of life is too short to read books you don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like DNF, DNF all day, every day. Um, but I would have DNF this one. Really? Mm-hmm. You would have missed what a beautiful plot twist. 
I would have missed that. And that's why it gets a three. The plot twist is the three for me. Hmm. The whole time I'm going, oh my gosh, this is another one for me. I hate this book. I hate it. I hate, oh, oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. I mean, look, I get it. This man does lead hard on to symbols and he is definitely trying to be the next great American novelist, right? Mm -hmm. He is gunning hard for Hemingway. He is trying his damnedest to be like American hardcore Mm -hmm. literature. I fucking get that. This is fucking moving though. You know, this is, this is a book that definitely will sit with me for a very long time Mm -hmm. because it tells, it tells a tragedy in a way I've not heard it before. I, hmm. that's just me personally. The whole Did you have any- dead the whole time thing is a fantastic plot twist, but it was very much the sixth sense. Yeah. I see dead people. Mm-hmm. Did you have any final thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? No, I shared everything I want to share. Um, I, I didn't hate this book in the end. It really did grow on me, but I can't rate it higher than three because mm-hmm. it took so long for me to, to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think we needed his spiral, but I definitely could have used another POV. Maybe I would have preferred this written from multiple POVs or to have not been written in um, letter form. Well, and what then- if, or maybe only his point of view was written in letter form and we get. Yeah. And everybody else is just watching him slowly spiral where we get just random chapters from townspeople. Like mm. we get a chapter from Jill. We get a chapter from Eli. We get a chapter from the guy that takes him to soccer, the dentist, you know what I mean? And, right. And that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting for sure. I, that would have been better for me. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about next week? Yeah. Unfortunately I left the book downstairs cause I was reading it earlier but we, how dare you read books for pod <laughs> but we have a fantastic guest next week oh, molly oh what are you gosh. talking about who what are you talking addison about willis armstrong what no so not we, addison armstrong we met addison at um the annapolis book festival in april of this year and we'll be back next year and um we read her book the war librarian mm-hmm. um, which is historical fiction. That's what she writes. Mm-hmm. I have said time and time again that I do not like historical fiction. But I you love the War Librarian. That book. You loved that so, book. Yes. So she has. That's her second book. Her first book is called um, "The Lights Light of-, of Luna Park." It looks like this. Tom put it right here. Thank you. And it is a a story about. I didn't know this happened, but on Coney Island there were incubator babies mm-hmm. and it was basically a sideshow attraction yeah and katie actually read this one nurse katie read this one when um when we were prepping for con she actually read both of addison's books yeah. of course and- she did because katie can read everything She's katie so freaking reads everything but uh we asked addison if she would come back She's um, like, Duh. She's coming back next week and we're going to talk about the light of Luna park. And somehow I'm in charge of that episode and it's historical fiction. So I'm going to do my best folks. You got so, this. Yeah. I have faith I, in you. I like her writing. Your research. She's research. We got this. And already I'm pretty early in the book still. And already I'm just impressed by the amount of course of research she does. She's just like, I don't phenomenal. doubt that. I don't doubt that. I tried starting it this week. I just wasn't in the right headspace. We've that's had fair. a lot going on here. That's fair. That's what um, and uh, that's that's what we've got going on next week. I know. 
I'm excited. Check our socials. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok. We were pretty funny. So I, I mean, I think so. And I put a really cute outfit up the other day. It was spectacular, striped and plaid, all in one outfit. It was wonderful. It was spectacular. Go check it out. <laughs> Till next time, fuckers. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. We love you guys. Truly. <sighs> Thank you for being here. All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us on Book Besties. Don't forget to like and subscribe. The views discussed here are those of April and Molly and not those of anyone else. Today's book was We Are the Light by Matthew Quick. Your book besties are Molly Biggs and April Watkins. Editing by Thomas Watkins and music is Sleep Sweetly by Prejuda. Don't forget to follow the book besties on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to contact the book besties, please email us at bookbestiespod at gmail.com or visit our website, bookbestiespodcast.com. Until next time, besties, get lost in your favorite book.